Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. So the message that I want to talk about today is entitled The Embrace of a Father. And I, I love being a dad. I have three kids. My son is five. My daughter is three. And my other son is one. And he's turning two very soon. And his name is Lucas. We call him the destroyer. And he, we, our house is never, nobody's ever drawn our walls or anything until Lucas was born. And Lucas decides to get everything and just, he, he, again, he's the destroyer. I feel like he wakes up in the morning and says, okay, what can I break today? Um, but we love him. He is our third child and our last child. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have three, and I love being a dad. Um, so it, it's, a great, it's a great privilege that I have. Uh, but there's also some tough times being a dad. How many dads can relate? It's not always easy to be a dad, especially when your kids are just like you, right? And it's like, man, why, why is he so stubborn? And it's like, well, I get it, okay. So my son, Liam, he's five years old, and, and he is, he likes to, he likes to tell me why he should be allowed to do things, and why he shouldn't get spanked, and, and why he shouldn't be in trouble, and why he should stay up late. Uh, the, the other day, I go to his bed, and um, he, so he has a little bunk bed, and, and he has like a little tent over it. It's a little cool setup, much cooler than when I was a kid. But he has it, and um, and I went in there, and I'm, I'm going through his blankets. I'm like, why? What is this? I'm like, you, there was a whole bag of candy in his in his room, and I'm like, son, what are you doing with this? And he's like, I wasn't eating it. I just have it in my bed. And then I look, and there's a wrapper open, and I grab it, and I show him, and he goes. Sorry, <laughs> like, sorry about that, Dad. I was like, okay, well. But, but being a dad is not always easy. There's these moments of, of when you have to discipline and you have to, you have to correct, and that's not easy. It's not easy to discipline your kids, but, but every, everything that, 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 every interaction that takes place as far as discipline and even, even those moments where you're proud and you're encouraging your kids, it always ends with an embrace. And anytime I, I, I have to punish my son, I punish him, I tell him why, and then I give him a big hug, and I tell him that I love him, and that I, I, I'm sorry that I had to, but just don't make mistakes, man, and you won't have to do this, right? But it always ends with an embrace, and I, and I hug my kids, and, and I make sure to do that as often as I can, just to hold them and tell them that I love them. I'm hoping that if I do it enough, my son will never get to the age where he doesn't want me to hug him, but I think that's inevitable. So every moment with the father ends and an embrace, and, and, and 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, So see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. See, we have a Father in heaven who, who not only has saved us, he's not just our Savior, he's not just our Redeemer, but he's also identified as our Father. Because he's, he's grafted us into this, this kingdom family where we're, we are now children of God. We are now sons and daughters of God. And this is a great privilege to us. Amen? This is a great privilege to us and it's a great honor to be called a son or a daughter of God. And this is who we are in Christ. Children of God. And, and there's, there's things I want to talk about when it comes to the Lord. And we're going to find it in the book of Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. But in the book of Luke chapter 15, we're going to talk about the prodigal son. And we see in this story that, that the son makes a very bad decision. We're going to go ahead and read that. 
So if, you're, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Luke chapter 15, we're going to read verse 11 through 16 first. It says, Then Jesus said, or then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, forgive me, or excuse me, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to, to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, the, all, all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined, him, uh, and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine or pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. So here's a son who tells his father, listen, I want you to give me my full inheritance right now. Yeah, obviously, we know that inheritance is given after the passing of the father. But the son is saying, hey, dad, I want you to give it to me now. And that was not a good decision that he made. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to get some water here. <laughs> Amen. <coughs> it wasn't a good decision, but we see that the son traded his relationship with his father for his possessions. Saying, Dad, I want what you can give me, but I don't want the relationship. So he wanted inheritance without intimacy. He wanted blessings without the relationship. So let's pray and then ask the Lord to speak to us. Father, we thank you <coughs> for the word, God. We thank you for your message. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God. I pray that everything that I would say, God, that it wouldn't be my thoughts or my opinions, but let it be led by your spirit, God, and founded in your word. I thank you for what you're going to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the biggest mistake the son made here is he lost or forgot the significance and the value of his relationship with his father. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and <clears throat> have you ever had seasons in your life where you make a lot of mistakes as a Christian? And, and it's kind of like, why am, I, why am I doing these things? <coughs> why, am I, why am I saying that? Why am I talking like that? Why am I getting so angry? You ever have those moments? I find that those moments can often be traced back to a lack of prayer and a lack of the word. Those moments in our life that we make a lot of mistakes and, and we're, we're kind of wondering, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I acting out this way? It links back to... A, a lack of relationship or intimacy with our father. And I think what this son did, the greatest mistake that he made was not the prodigal living. But it was the fact that he would leave his father. The fact that he would say, okay, I'm going to take what you have for me. And I'm going to go out on my own. Because the blessings that God gives us are, are meant to be given with wisdom and guidance from him. But what the son did is he said, I'd rather have the inheritance without the relationship. And so often we do this with God. So often we say, okay, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. And then when we get the blessings, we forget about the one who blessed us. Has that ever happened to you? Come on, I need you to talk back to me this morning because i got to drink a lot of water. And I need some time to pause, okay? We often do this. I know that I've, I've made the mistake where I'd rather have what God can give me than who he is. 
I'd rather have the job. I'd rather have the, 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 the money and the, and the financial and, and the provisions, all that for my family. I, sometimes I'd rather have that than the intimacy with my father. This is not a good mindset. This is when we lose honor for God and only care about what he can give us. God, give me, give me, give me. But we're not interested in the relationship. And when in reality, the greatest blessing that we can have is the relationship. Anything that God gives me at this point in my life, it's like icing on the cake. Anything that he's provided for me in my life, it's like, oh, thank you for that. But that is not my pursuit. My pursuit is intimacy with my father. That's what I truly desire. And I know a lot of us are in the same place. But this son, he wasted, he wasted the inheritance. He wasted the gifts that God gave him. He wasted it. The, the father gave him all that he needed to really build a good life and live a good life. But the son wasted it all because there was no wisdom from the father. Because there was no wisdom from his, his dad. And we can look at it as there's no wisdom from the Holy Spirit. When we receive blessings, and often when we, when we dishonor our father, we dishonor the blessing. When we dishonor our relationship with the Lord, we dishonor the things that he's given me. Let me give you an example when it comes to marriage. Now, marriage is a gift from God. Marriage is a good thing. But I've found that when I'm no longer spending time or honoring my father, I begin to dishonor my marriage. When I'm, not, when I'm not in prayer, when I'm not seeking him, when I'm not spending time with him, what happens is I begin to tear apart the thing that God has given me. And then I look back again and say, why is it like this? Well, you can link it back to intimacy. You can link it back to prayer. Often when we sit down with, with people that are struggling in their marriages, I ask them, how is your prayer life? How are you reading the word? Are you spending time with the Lord? Because if you're not, you cannot take care of God's blessing without his wisdom. We can't handle the inheritance without the guidance from God. And so when it comes to your children, how are you treating them? I find that when, I'm, when I lack patience, anybody ever lack patience with their kids? When I lack patience, I find that I am not in prayer. I have to go to prayer in order to be a good dad. I have to spend time with the Lord in order to be a good husband. I have to spend time with the Lord in order to be a good worker. I have to spend time with the Lord in order to be a good friend because, again, we cannot take care of the blessing without his wisdom. And this son dishonored his father by taking what was given to him and wasting it away. See, we've been blessed by God with many things. He's given us a lot. Did you wake up this morning? That's a blessing. That's a blessing. If you have people around you who love and care about you, that's a blessing. You have food on your table. That's a blessing. It may not have been what you wanted to eat. But did you eat? That's a blessing. Do you have time in the day? That's a blessing. Do you have breath in your lungs? That's a blessing. God has given us many blessings. 
but how do you handle what he's given to you? See, we could look at this son and be like, why, why would he do that to his father? Why, why would he, that, that's not right that he would take all that he has. But we do that every single day. Because the day is a gift from God. How do you live your life? Do you live your life with the intention to please God with what he's given you? Or do you live it in a selfish manner that says, I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what he says about it? Because these are gifts from God. And when we, when we honor God, we learn to honor the gifts. And we begin to wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, what do you have for me today? God, I'm going to get in my prayer closet today and I'm going to seek you. God, I'm going to get into, into the word today and I want to hear from you, God. How often do, is, is that a part of your daily life or is it a once in a while event? I was thinking about this uh, couple, the past few days and I thought, you know, the, ma- the biggest difference I think between the one who makes it to heaven and the one who doesn't is in their prayer life. Because the prayer, that is the most important, the relationship with God. We, we say this all the time. We're not about religion here. I'm not just trying to build the church just to have people and crowds. That's not what, that's not what we're about here. That's not what we do. We could have a thousand people. If nobody knows Jesus, what's the point? What we do, what we believe, and what, what, what we push, and I, and I hope that, that this comes across to us often every single day, is that you can have a relationship with the Lord. You can know him. Listen, not, hold on, not the church knowing. Not, not, oh, I've been to church and I'm a good person. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm so tired of the church. All they say is you can have a good life and God will bless you. It's like, really, is that all we want? I don't want to just have a good life. I want to know God. I want to deeply know him. I want to talk to him. I want to have that intimate relationship with my father where he leads me and he guides me. But that comes with prayer. That comes with valuing the Lord. Valuing him enough to say, okay, God, I'll get up early and seek your face. God, I'll I'll finally open up my Bible. I have to blow some of the dust off of it, but at least I'll open it once in a while. God, I'll do it because the relationship means more than the inheritance. The relationship is the blessing. See, the son didn't didn't see it that way. He, He wanted what his father had, not who his father was. And when we, when, we, when we disconnect from our father, we begin to lose the value of ourself. When we disconnect the one who identifies and affirms and guides us, when we're disconnected from that, we begin to identify and try to affirm ourselves. And when we, when we do that, We lose the value of who we are. Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. What comes before the inheritance? It's the relationship. Since you are his children, 
He gives you the Spirit of God. And what does the Spirit of God do? The Spirit of God confirms in us who we are. It's the Holy Spirit that tells you you're a child of God. It's the Holy Spirit that urges you to call Him Father. This is a gift from God. It says because you are His children. Not because you're his friends, not because you're his acquaintances, not because you're his servants. None of that. He says, because you are his children. He gives you the very thing that will affirm who you are. He gives you the spirit who affirms your, 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 your inheritance with God and your relationship with God. See, the son was willing to live a life he was never meant to live because he disconnected from his father. This, his father was wealthy. His father had a lot. His father had more than enough to provide for his son. His father had everything the son needed. But the son disconnected from God. He disconnected from his father. And because of that, he got to a place he was never meant to be. He was never meant to be begging for food. That's not what his father intended for his life. He was never meant to be begging for someone to help him. That's not what the father had intended for his life. But because he disconnected from his father, he put himself in a place he never should have been. Now again, I don't know about you, but I've disconnected from God in seasons of my life. And I found myself in places I should have never been. I found myself begging for things I should have never had to beg for. You know, like, somebody please like me. Somebody please affirm my life. Now, we may not say it that way, but that's what we're seeking. Why? Because we've disconnected from the only one who could. Somebody love me. I, I need to be loved. Like, we're always looking for attention. Why? Why? Because we're looking for somebody else to fulfill a place in our heart that only the Father could. Because God never intended for you to be in a place where you have to cry out for attention every day of your life. He never, he never intended you to be in a place where you have to cry out for somebody to see your value. And somebody, somebody to see that they actually love you. That's not what he intended for you because he sees your value. And he loves you. And he affirms you. But we don't see that when we're disconnected from the father. The son was in a place he should have never been. But here's the thing. He put himself there. He put himself there. It wasn't the father's fault. Now, a lot of my mistakes, actually all of my mistakes, I cannot blame God for them. I, I, and really, I can't even blame people because it's been my fault. You know, I'm just going to say this, that some, some of us, the reason we can't find restoration in our life, because all we do is put the guilt on everybody else. Well, if they wouldn't have said this to me. If they wouldn't have done this to me. Now, I get it. I get it. There's sensitive topics and there's sensitive subjects that we've been through. So I'm not saying your story is invalid. And I'm not saying you, you don't have hurt and pain that, that's real. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that God has given you grace to overcome those things in your life. But you can't overcome if you're constantly blaming other people. 
if you're constantly waiting for an apology that will probably never come. And if it will, it'd probably be like, well, I'm sorry you feel like that. But this is what happened to the son. The son put himself in a place where he never was meant to be. When we devalue our relationship with our father, we lose our own identity and we begin to live like a slave instead of a son. We begin to live in sin that we should have never been in. Now, I get it. There's emotional things that we shouldn't go into, but there's also places that we enjoy that are not good for us. If it were up to my kids, they would never hold my hand in the parking lot. They would never um, have gates in our house. My, you know what my kids did? No, I'm going to say this. This is crazy. They opened the back gate. They're, they're little. They opened the back gate. They ran to the front of the house and ding-dong ditched my wife. I'm like, who, how, how did you learn that? I'm like, you guys have been watching too much YouTube. You got to, but, but if it were up to them, there'd be no fences. There'd be no rules, no boundaries. It'd be candy every night, ice cream every night. It's always funny that they're full as soon as dessert comes out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to eat this anymore. I want that, right? But if it were up to them, there would be no rules. But good thing they have a father that can guide them and say, hey, that's not good for you. I know it feels good. I know it looks good. I know it satisfies you in the moment. But that's not good for you. What would happen if they, all they did was live in their, in their satisfaction? They would become sick. So God, as our father, guides us and says, hey, that place is not good for you. I know you may enjoy it. I know it may, it may feel good at the time. But what's going to happen if you keep living that way is you'll become sick. But the son, again, lived in a place because he devalued that relationship with his father. But in this, in this moment, I can, I can imagine sitting there kind of just hanging out with the pigs. Like, man, I need to eat something. And they wouldn't even give him that. Messed up, huh? Imagine him sitting there. And this is, this is what he said. This is what he said in verse 17. He says, but when he came to himself, or another, another translation says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. In the most shameful, dirty place the son had ever been in his entire life, he remembers one thing, the heart of his father. He remembers the heart of his father. See, the son had made a huge mistake by leaving. The son had dug himself a big, a really deep hole by wasting everything he had. But in this moment, he decides to make the right choice. He says, well, if I go home, may, maybe, just maybe, he'll at least let me be a servant. Just maybe, He'll, he'll welcome me in to at least work for him. I don't have to be his son anymore. 
I don't have to be identified. I, I'm okay being a slave because where I'm at, I just don't want to be anymore. So, so I know that he'll, he'll call me and I know that he'll allow me in. But, but just as a servant, in this moment, he came to his senses. He said, all this that I, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? See, in our most pitiful moments, you, you, have, you have those moments. Why did I do this? Why did I say this? Why did I go there? Why did I, why did I do that? In those moments, remember one thing, the heart of your father. Remember one thing, the heart of your father. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Do you think God is waiting for us to become clean before we get into his presence? Do you think he's waiting for us to wash ourselves before we call on him? That's not how he works. That's not the heart of our father. See, even when we make mistakes, he's waiting for us. He's waiting for you. He loves you. He cares about you. It doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter all those things that other people have said about you. God loves you just as you are right now. Right now. And the good thing about it is you're here at this church with a lot of messed up people, right? So you're in good company right here. But God loves you as you are. Don't wait to wash the mud off. Don't waste, wait to wash the dirt off. Come to God right now. Come to God right now. Right where you are. Because he sees you right now anyway. He's seen what you've been through. He knows what you've done. He already knows it all. And he still loves you. What a good father. What a gracious and merciful father. See, the son wasn't sure how it would go. Maybe he'll let me be a slave. But it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. See, he, he created this scenario about his father. He said, okay, I'm going to go. And I'm going to save this little speech. And then maybe he'll let me in as a slave. See, he knew something about his dad, but he didn't remember the fullness of his father's heart. So he said, if I go back to him, maybe he'll let me be a slave. What did he do? He created his own version of who he thought his father was. So he said, okay, I'll go. And, and, and this is what he'll do, this, this, and this, and then maybe he'll let me in. Again, how relatable is that? When we come to God, well, I know he, God's not going to give me all that he promised me, but maybe he'll give me a little bit. God's not going to, you know, I, 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 I don't need complete restoration. I, I know I'd put myself in this place. I don't need God to, to give me everything. I just need forgiveness. I, I just, I just want to be back allowed into his presence. I don't really need all that I had before. And so, so we, we create this version of who we think God is. And we say, well, maybe he'll do this and maybe he'll do that. And, and we, 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 we create this God that's not real because we forget the fullness of his heart. 
that he's not a God who tricks us. He's not a God who gives us just the bare minimum. He's a God who gives us more than we need, more than enough. He's a God who will not just forgive you, but he'll restore you. And not just restore you, but he'll restore your relationships. He'll restore your job. He'll restore your income. This is the kind of God that we serve. And we know this by the way we looked at Jesus, what Jesus did, how Jesus lived. David, if you want to come up, please. You know, as I've been, I've been a Christian for a long time, I guess, and I grew up in church, and I and and I've known the Lord, and and what I've known about serving God, what I've learned is that the enemy will entice you, and entice you, and tempt you, and tempt you, but once he gets you to fall. He accuses you. He'll tell you, well, God doesn't love you anymore. Or you can't go back to church because you're not good enough. He'll, he'll, he'll entice you and tempt you and then accuse you. And it's like this pattern. He entices you, he accuses you. He entices you, he accuses you. And we fall every single time. It's the end. He points this thing out as, as if. As if Jesus didn't die for you. Like, yeah, 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 I, I know about forgiveness, but that's for somebody who hasn't done what I've done. Because if you knew what I've done, you wouldn't tell me that I can be forgiven. But the enemy, he'll, he'll, he'll make you believe that God doesn't love you anymore. He'll, he'll, he'll try to get us to believe that God won't accept us. Now, yes, God accepts you, but he won't keep you how you've been. See, a lot of people talk about acceptance, and they mean that God accepts you as you are, and you can stay as you are. That's not the gospel. That's not the Bible. You cannot live in sin and be in relationship with the Lord at the same time. That's not how it works. But what God does is he calls you as you are and makes you who you were meant to be. See, can I, can I, let me, let me, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a tip that I've learned. When you, when you sin, there's two emotions or feelings that come. There's conviction and there's condemnation. The tricky thing is that they feel kind of the same. Because both of those feelings make you feel bad. Both of those feelings make you feel regret. Both of those feelings make you feel like I shouldn't have done that. The major difference between condemnation and conviction is this. Condemnation will pull you away from God. And conviction will push you to God. <laughs> condemnation would tell the son, stay where you are. You deserve this. Your father will never welcome you. He'll never let you back in. He, don't even bother. That's condemnation. Conviction will say, maybe you should just go home. Maybe you should just get out of this dirt and go find your father. That's the difference. But the enemy would like us to stay where we're at. But let me tell you this. Don't let guilt and shame keep you from restoration and forgiveness. Because the Father has this way of responding in these moments to us that are so out of our minds that it doesn't make sense. Because it's so good. Let's finish the story in Luke 15, verse 20. 
says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. They begin to party. They had a, they had a party for the son because he returned home. Again, I don't know what your week has looked like. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know how you're feeling. But just go home. Just, just go back to your father. Get back in his presence again. See, Jesus is waiting to reconnect with you. He's, he wants that. He wants to be with you. How crazy is that? That God, the creator of all things, perfect, righteous, holy, this very God wants to know you? What? He wants to have a relationship with you? He wants to talk to you? What? That is insane. Isn't that? Does anybody else think that's crazy? I think that's crazy. That's why the scripture says those who are not of the spirit don't understand the things of the spirit because the things of the spirit look foolish to those who are of the flesh. That's why when you get in the spirit, you're like, God wants to know me. This is crazy. It doesn't make sense. But this is how good God is. This is the goodness of God. This is your father. This is your father. I don't know what kind of dad you had as you were growing up, but I know of a good father. I don't know how you, how, how you, what you went through with those relationships, but can I tell you, you have a good father who is in heaven, who is waiting for you just to come home. It doesn't matter where you were as long as you come back. It's, the father was the son's last resort. This is it. This, that was all he had left. And the father still welcomed him back. He didn't say, oh, all of a sudden you're back. Well, look, look, what, oh, my, look at, get a load of this guy. Right? <laughs> look at this guy. Oh, he's back now. Where's all the money I gave you? Okay, yeah, sure. No, 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 that wasn't the heart of the father. He didn't say, see, I told you. I told you not to go. You shouldn't have went. And the best, one of the, he, he comes back and he didn't even say, hey, you got to give me the money you lost. The son comes with his speech. And the father is just hugging him, embracing him. And as he finishes his speech, the father doesn't even respond to it. He says, hey, go get a robe. What does the robe identify? It's a new identity. It was a covering for what the son had gone through. It was a saying that was telling the servants and the rest of the house that, hey, he belongs here. He belongs here. He's not who he used to be. This robe was an identity. And then he says, go get him the ring. 
put a ring on his hand. What was the ring? The ring was affirmation. I'm affirming you as my child. I'm affirming you as my son. Again, not a slave, but a son. This was the father's response. Despite our mistakes and the things that we do, you can always go home. You can always go home. You can always come back to the father. What, they, they celebrated the son. Where else can you go where people will celebrate your life? Luke 15, 7 says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be re more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is like, man, if one person comes to the Lord, there is a party in heaven. There's a celebration because that's how valuable, that's how valuable you are to God. Let's go home. I don't know what kind of month, week, year you've had. But for some of us, it's time to just go home. Let's go back to the Lord. Let's bow our heads this morning. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.